0: Welcome to Hockey on the Beach. It's Daria Miranova and it's time to discuss women's hockey. Haley Williams, U.S.-born professional hockey player who travels around the world, fluent in in Russian, plays for Hungarian national team and runs her own business called Hockey Worldwide. Here is her story. Your second try in Russia. How different is this one? Well, it's
1: a lot different. I'm having a very different experience this season than I did the first two seasons I was here. And then obviously, you know, I left for two years and I was really excited to come back because I've learned the language and I was excited. I didn't think that I was going to be able to come back and see my friends again. You know, it was kind of like a last minute thing with COVID that I had to leave and not play that third season here. So my expectations were were really great when I came back. I was really excited, like I said, but um, my experience now is, not my best season ever and it's, it's it has to do with my relationship with the coach specifically so uh, everything else is great like i really love russia I like st petersburg i my i have great friends on the team and everything but um we're we're butting heads a little bit <laughs> with the coach here
0: like if we are discussing hockey experiences you are just ahead of him that's for sure but that's the issue with the whole russian hockey women's hockey system So, how long did it take you to learn Russian? I mean, I'm really amazed because I know, like, I spoke Russian with you. You're really great at it.
1: Oh, thank you. Well, actually, the last time we spoke in Russian was, like, I guess my second season in Russia, so I was only in my second year of learning the language, but now I'm in my fifth year, I guess you can say, because I've continued to use it, even Mm -hmm. if I had um, a lot of mistakes, and I still make a lot of mistakes when I'm speaking it, but I can really have a conversation for however, you know, hours at a time. And maybe I have some mistakes with the endings of words and stuff like that. But since I got back this season, I actually got a Russian tutor who's amazing. So she's been helping me with just like the grammatical part of Russian. So it was my first time I've actually had any formal learning and it's really helped a lot.
0: Can you write in Russian?
1: I can write, but it's like a little kid that's just learned. Like it's like, you know, it looks like I'm uh, tracing the letters in the the writing learning book, you know what I mean? One of my teammates, when I was playing for Gourney, she said that it was gonna be impossible for me to learn it. Like you said, like Russian people make mistakes. And so it was kind of discouraging to hear that, but at that time I wasn't doing anything on purpose to learn. I was just immersed. So no, now I am actually trying to really learn. So maybe I can uh, use Russian in my career in the future. Maybe as like a translator or something um, just because I have this skill now, so why not use it? So yeah, it's good. Why not
0: have a new skill? Well, you know, you can work for CNN probably (laughs) because you know about Russia (laughs) so much. Yeah, I
1: probably
0: could. So when I look at the results of the women's hockey league this season, I can basically see the same thing as it was three years ago. So the Russian-born girls, they don't really have... Any other place right now to get their international experience, so you are one of those people who can give it to them. But when we talk about results overall, I can see that things don't change much in women's hockey, and that really makes me sad because just yesterday I was watching uh, collegiate finals, and I'm in shock. It's crazy the way it becomes stronger and better. Yeah, yeah,
1: I I agree and um that has to do with a lot of well besides just having so many girls in north america that that play hockey so there's a lot of competition which automatically makes somebody compete more and get better uh in in the sport world it's not just like train 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 until you can't like move anymore there's a lot more that goes into it you know training of course training your physical attributes your skills and then and then paying attention a lot to recovery and also the mental performance part of it which is really missing in Russia so yeah there's a lot more growth in North America for sure but I think there's potential in Russia it's just that the people who are in positions of power are very old school minded so right now I think it's kind of a generationalized thing I think the next generation of coaches coming up who are like in their 30s and maybe 40s But maybe 30s have a different mindset and are more willing to learn something new instead of just going in their old ways that they've, that they grew up playing underneath these Soviet Union coaches who are just, you know, kind of like train until you die. (laughs) And that's all, Mm -hmm. that's the, you know, the equation for success.
0: Well, what language do you use when you talk to your coach? I'm sure it's Russian, right?
1: (laughs) Yes, yes, Russian.
0: (laughs) You are probably very, intimidating for Russian men because they just do not accept women in power.
1: Yeah, you're not the first person to tell me that. (laughs) Because
0: I am the same.
1: (laughs) Yeah, you are the same way. I know you are. You've gotten a lot of uh, lash back from that, but look at where you are now. You're all over there in North America doing some great things.
0: Well, because I couldn't stand it anymore. When I first started to work in rush i really believed that i can change something and in a way i probably did but i just like i was tired and i can see that at this point i nothing i can do anymore <laughs> i cannot break the system
1: yeah and that like is shocking and saddening because you have have such a big platform and when you're in rush like you say your name and everybody knows who you are you know oh. like so it's like Somebody with such a, such a you know, like, wide range, renowned name can't even make the impact that's needed to, like, give some more respect to women, I guess. <laughs> and I'm not, like, a feminist or anything. It's just, like, I am looking at this and it's, like, it's not even, I don't, I guess it is kind of like this, you know, old Russian man versus this young non-Russian girl. So, it, I don't know, maybe it is intimidation, but he he's very, yeah, he. <laughs> Yeah, he's not very nice to me at all
0: <laughs> that's not nice it's just like have some respect but whatever
1: yeah no i believe it especially growing <laughs> up in russia like yeah. you, you grew up in this culture so you already had like tough you know tough head you have to have a tough mind and everything and then you obviously like are putting in the work to grow and be and learn more things and you know become better and i just think that people are kind of stuck in their ways here and that I don't know if there's like a language barrier thing where there's not information to be able to learn, or it's just like a prideful thing where they don't want to, because they think they know everything. But there's, you know, there's a, definitely a barrier there when it comes to just like a growth mindset versus a fixed one. So yeah, that's a lot of the older coaches that I've dealt with, uh, or, you know, I guess I haven't dealt with a ton of coaches here, but. And my my coaches in the first two years, I didn't speak much Russian, so I don't, I didn't understand it the way I do now, you know. Mm-hmm. But now I do, and I see there's a big disconnect.
0: Do you plan to come back?
1: <laughs> well, I have a two year contract here with Dinamo, but mm-hmm. it's not going well. Like I uh-huh. definitely, I'm going to be here for the rest of the season, and I do have the second year contract. But if my coach, my current coach is here, I'm not going to be playing for Dinamo. That's for sure. Like I've never once in my life had a problem with a coach, and. Mm-hmm. It's not, it's not somebody I want to be around. It's not a situation that I want to be in every day. Very negative, very, you know, extremely high pressure. Like uh, hockey is already such a high pressure sport. There's mm-hmm. no reason to add this unnecessary pressure from the coach for no reason. Like make a mistake in practice and he's like screaming at you and you're in practice. and You're like, okay, we're just trying to train here and get better. Like this mm-hmm. is the time we're supposed to be able to make mistakes, but we're not going to be able to play like 100% of our potent- potential of performance if we're not allowed to make a mistake in practice.
0: Try not to pay attention. <laughs> I know it's hard, but you know yeah. what What scares me? Yes, yeah, th- those old stubborn men, but the way they teach kids in Russia, it's practically the same. So there's still going to be a lot of younger guys who are just broken in their mentality because they're used to when coaches scream at them, when coaches hit them and it's not even better for the girls. So I'm not sure if there is any light <laughs> up front.
1: Yeah, I know. It is uh, it is sad, for sure. I've been doing a lot of, you know, self-education, like buying courses and attending summits, mostly online because I'm in Russia, but about mental performance. And there's, like I said, like there's such a disconnect. Like there's like four pillars of Being an elite athlete, physical training, skills training, tactical training, and then mental performance. And that's mental performance is like ninety percent of it. If you've got all the rest of the skills, and the, you know, if you're strong and fast and you're skillful and you understand the game of hockey, but you have no confidence in yourself because somebody's like killing you every day with their words and like just their actions and tell you that you suck and that you you're nothing and you're a weak player and things like that, like you're not going to be able to perform. And Mm -hmm. it's just not okay. And yeah, I do feel bad about it, too, because it is, you know, it's like a Russian culture thing. So some people are like, well, Haley, you're in Russia. That's that's the thing. And I'm like, well, no, because I've seen other coaches that actually do have a different mindset and do want to learn more things about, you know, and it's not just like that. It's not mm-hmm. just beat somebody down every day. So it's not just because it's in Russia. It's like I said, like a generationalized thing. And it's going to take a while for it to, to change ultimately. But I think because of the Internet and things like that, there's more information be able to get easily you can get more information easily so people do want to learn because they have the the opportunity to
0: I guess I could thank my father because it was just different for me like from the early childhood he would always tell me <laughs> never let anyone to scream at you so I remember once in my school, the teacher was screaming, and they still do, and, you know, they call you names, they scream at you for no reason, because they're not happy with their lives, and as my I had permission from my dad, so I just stood up, and I left the class.
1: <laughs> there you go. Yeah,
0: and it was, I think, like, when I started to work in Russia, it was the same, just someone called, so I answered the phone, and I heard the voice and a man he just screams at me like crazy so i hang up i'm like what what is that no one's gonna call me and scream at me for no reason
1: yeah and
0: he would just call back call yeah. back i would never answer and it turned out it was like the major head boss of the match tv where i used to work <laughs> oh and i was like i'm sorry he's
1: so mad about it?
0: well It was just his way to react to things, and he didn't have enough information, so he just reacted. And he was like, you have no right to hang up. And I'm like, well, that's the way I was taught by my father and from in the country where I came from, which, you know, I applied to the United States, that you cannot scream at a woman and you cannot scream at your employee. So i'm like i'm not sh- i'm sorry i don't care who you are you called me and you screamed at me but we got better like i can't say we were friends but he really respected me for doing that he probably haven't met a lot of people who've done that
1: <laughs> yeah well you said it just now like just the the respect aspect of it that's just like the foundation of any interpersonal communication in, in the world it doesn't matter where you're from if you just need to respect the other person that you're around or, or that you're talking to on the phone and if you go into something just with just a little bit of respect then you act differently to the person you know we're all human we make mistakes you know whatever it is you could be mad but you can approach it differently mm-hmm. if you have just a little bit of respect
0: true do you think we'll ever get a female coach in russia or if it's even needed
1: uh i'm not i well I know there's been female assistant coaches in the in the Russian league. I'm not sure about a female head coach yet. No. But no. No. Not.
0: not no. no. I, yeah. There hasn't been. Yeah. Hasn't I, I been. I think it's
1: possible. I think it's possible, especially because, like for example, Dinamo Neva, the director. She's pretty young, you know. So, um, like I said, I just think. The older man, Russian man you are here, the the more things won't change. But if it's, like, somebody with a different demographic and maybe a little younger, maybe a woman, then, then there's more opportunities for something else to happen. But for now, I don't think so, no.
0: The problem, the yeah, the problem with those guys, because, you know, I've done a lot of research, I've been working on that for a while, they cannot get a job in the KHL or even junior league, so you know, they find connections to get into women's hockey. So they don't really yeah. treat treat this job respectfully because people just need to understand women's hockey or men's hockey, it doesn't matter. It's hockey. You just do your job and you respect yourself and people you work with. It's easy. And it doesn't matter if right. it's women's hockey, you still want to achieve something because it's sports.
1: Yeah, I agree. And it, and you're right. They do, it is like that. I Wouldn't be surprised if any coach in the women's league got an opportunity in even the VHL, not even the KHL. You know, Mm -hmm. kind of like the equivalent to our women's league, that they wouldn't jump to that opportunity right away.
0: They will, because most of them, yeah, tried, because, you know, that's the problem. Okay, let's find the positive. Tell me more about your time in Hungary. (laughs) Okay.
1: Yeah, that was...
0: I hope that was positive. Yeah,
1: so that was really crazy. Yeah, no, definitely positive. I um didn't... So it was like a last-minute thing, like I said in the beginning, because of COVID, just our team folded, like, at the end of August, corny. And so it was, like, kind of like a panic thing. It was like, where can I go because all the teams are full? Or, yeah, like, everywhere is full because the season's about to start in, like, two weeks. <laughs> so I'm like, all right. And then I remembered about the coach who had reached out to me before, the season before to go to play in Budapest. And so I reached out to him and he was like, oh yeah, we have a spot. So I went there kind of on a whim, like one week later I was in Budapest, which was really crazy. Cause I was really sad. Like I wanted to stay in Russia and I planned to, and I was learning things, you know, like in learning language, especially. And um, I was having a good time here, you know, mm-hmm. even with the kind of cultural differences or men- mental mentality differences. But then I went to Hungary and well, not only did we win both seasons of the league like we won the championship both seasons, which was awesome and fun uh after, like during my first season they they offered me to get my Hungarian citizenship mm-hmm. so I was it was like really out of nowhere and quick it was really quick to have that offer I mean the process wasn't quick it was like a year but now I play for the Hungarian national team which is really awesome like I would think you know first I'm crying because COVID like kicked me out of Russia and mm-hmm. then now I'm a Hungarian citizen playing for the Hungarian national team, which in a week now, a week from today, I'm going to Brampton for the world championships in Canada. This, so this is amazing! Yeah, <laughs> it's really crazy. So, yeah, I don't know. Life is really weird how it works. Uh, but, yeah, of course I wouldn't say no to the opportunity. And so now I'm an American-Hungarian citizen and, <laughs> you know, just expanding my resume here, I guess. But it was yeah, it was really fun to be in Budapest, even just to be a person in Europe because you could travel around easily on trains and buses to go around to different European countries and kind of just see what's going on in all the countries. So my travel experience really, you know, it added to my travel experience there, and um, yeah, it was really good. But then, like I said, I was excited to come back to Russia. the The salary is better here than the than in Budapest. And mm-hmm. And the league, the league's a bit stronger. So those are my two mo- biggest motivators to come back here.
0: But, okay.
1: You know, you never know if you're if it's going to be good or bad when you make a decision.
0: That's and not even true. If it's bad in the moment, hey, you're what? into this mental thing. Of course, you can say that it's going to be good for you. You just keep saying that until it's good.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, true. Well, that's the thing. Like, even if it's bad, you say, you know, I'm not really sure if it's bad yet because something else is going to happen that's going to be good and if Mm -hmm. I wasn't going through this situation now then this next great thing might not have happened the one thing that's kind of um, kind of a challenge for European countries is that the countries are so small Mm -hmm. so the numbers of the girls that play is not it's not a lot of girls like I don't I don't even know the amount of registered girls hockey players in Hungary it's got to be like barely a few thousand if so and if you're looking at like the U.S. there's like 70,000 or something like that like there's like a huge difference of the amount of girls playing hockey and that's just because the countries are so much smaller and there's a lot less people <laughs> mm-hmm. so um so the growth of it I mean everybody I think everybody in any country in the world who cares about women's hockey is trying to grow it you know in whichever way that they can so I, I think that it's everybody's kind of on the same page if you are passionate about women's hockey and want is that's kind of one of your goals everybody's trying but it's kind of like how how do we do it depending Mm -hmm. on your geographical location or something like that
0: that's where that's where you can step in
1: (laughs) yeah yeah no i i i want to and i (laughs) plan to but i you know i'm still playing hockey so it's kind Mm -hmm. of like a. it's hard it's kind of hard like Mm -hmm. i play and i also coach but i coach most of my coaching in the off season so mm-hmm. I can't be full time in like the coaching yet because I still don't I still want to play until at least the next Olympics because I think we have a chance to make it in the twenty twenty six Olympics with Team Hungry. So that's my goal. So oh in two thousand twenty six I'll probably you know focus less on my playing career and focus more on my coaching career whichever mm-hmm. opportunity comes, you know.
0: That's amazing. You should totally do that. I will support you all the way.
1: <laughs> Thanks.
0: What about your summer plans? Tell me more about your hockey school.
1: Yeah, I um, yeah. So before our podcast, right now, I was like sending emails and everything. So I'm, like I said, I'm still playing, but I I run my business and I also am a director for another company with the CCM Selects Spring and Summer Organization. So I'm the girls program director. So I'm like really actually busy, but my Work is all online when I'm overseas, so mm-hmm. it's really a good balance, and I'm able to do it whatever time I have free and on my computer. Um, so, but when I go home, we have the World Championships April fifth to sixteenth in Brampton, Canada, and then I go home, and that week I start right away, and I have seventeen events. from oh, wow! April to July, so it's like if, if you look at my calendar, there's it's all like in July. There's not one day off, not mm-hmm. one day, but if you look at my calendar, there's not one week or weekend off of. For the entire April, mid-April to well, I guess the beginning of April because we're at the World Championships until the end of July. It's it's like, <laughs> and I'm not just, just like in one place. I'm going around, you know, from different states to like Chicago, Michigan, Wisconsin, Boston. I'm going to Edmonton, uh, Minnesota. I'm actually going to go to Budapest in July as well mm-hmm. for training.
0: Well, I, I can so hear I lot. can hear Florida. Where's Florida?
1: <laughs> oh, I'm not going to be Florida. I'm going to be Charleston, which isn't that far
0: away from flirt. like just recently PWHPA was here in Tampa, Florida, and it's all about the girls' classes and meetings. Seriously, I just felt like my son was left out. He was always around the women's hockey, men's hockey, and he's really open-minded. So he was like, why I cannot practice with the girls? Because I really want to do that too. It's okay that I'm going to be the only boy. Why I cannot do that? So I feel like, you know, we're still divided because it's like, all the focus on the girls now
1: <laughs> yeah uh, yeah I mean that's true for sure my all of my programs are girls as well we don't have boys anymore when I first started it I had boys in my programs, but I mean I think you know because of the divide like you're saying it's nice for parents to hear when they have a girl player that the program is focused only on girls because that's you know it's a different narrative than it than it's been for however many years that you know it's always boys first so mm-hmm. when it comes to hockey so I mean yeah it does kind of change it does kind of reverse the roles there and makes now your son feel left out which that makes me sad
0: too yeah I'm like I was like oh let's see what Haley has maybe we'll visit her and it's like all oh, the girls <laughs> yeah yeah
1: it is. All right, well, maybe I'll add a co-ed next year just for your son.
0: How you prepare yourself for the games in Russia? Because I know it's like like all the things, all the stories that you said, and I know it's difficult, too, because of the weather.
1: <laughs> yeah, it is. <laughs> it's actually starting to get warm here. Today I went to the gym, and it's not too far away, so I'd be able to run there or walk if I don't feel like, well, actually, that's that's the only way I go there. I wouldn't go like on the in a car or on the bus because it doesn't make sense. Just the way that it's like 15 minutes in the car or the bus and it's mm-hmm. like 20 minutes if I run. So it you know, <laughs> it doesn't make sense to to take the transportation. But so I'm like jumping I'm like running through all these puddles. I'm like, "Oh no, cuz it's getting warm and mm-hmm. the snow is melting." But um yeah, there's definitely a different mood when it's freezing and snowy than when it's a little bit warmer outside, but um to prepare for the games. I just, you know, make sure I'm well rested and make sure I have been focusing on my nutrition for the, a couple of days before the game. And, um, definitely I always try to get in the right mental headspace for the games because nobody else is going to try to help with that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's an individual thing. Um, but I mean, there's some natural adrenaline when it comes to game day, obviously that's what we train for to, to compete, you know, have the game. So, um, I wouldn't say I do anything super special when I'm going to prepare for a game, but just to make sure that my body's ready and recovered, then it's usually a, a good day for a game.
0: What can we do to make it better for you in Russia, for your experiences, <laughs> for the women's <laughs> hockey overall?
1: Um, I mean, just to talk about it more and let people know that, that we have it. You know, I think when people know that it's an option to watch women's hockey or to go to the game or I mean the games are on YouTube so any game is watchable for free you know so just to and actually if you look at the YouTube uh like if you look at the games that are on the YouTube it'll be like you know 3,000 people watch the game Mm -hmm. because it doesn't on YouTube how many how many views so it's you know it's not like nobody's watching Do you know what I mean so Mm -hmm. I feel like there is a good good fan base it's just not as uh I don't know put out there in the media i guess you can say
0: Well that's totally true i know mm-hmm. what about yeah. the attendance this season can you see that it's different from two years ago yeah
1: no it's not too much more
0: um mm-hmm.
1: especially because we play at yubilani which you've been at plenty mm-hmm. of times so we play on the Malay arena which is has just the one side of the stands pretty much so when we're on there you know it looks like we've got a good amount of fans but if if there's a day where we can't play on that one on our normal rink, then we play on the, on the Glavni Arena, which is a way bigger bowl of of stands. And it looks like nobody's in the stands at all. <laughs> so, I mean, it's not like there's the tickets. there's It's free to go to. It's just, I don't, there's not really any marketing about it to around the, like I was at, like I said, I go to Fitness House here not far away. And inside there, they have like posters on the wall with Dinamo VHL guys uh, ads inside the inside the gym so we don't have that and it's also interesting because you know I'm always like a big system it's not just our team is its own uh, entity it's like we're, we're connected with the guys teams mm-hmm. so they can use the same type of marketing dollars to kind of push our, our games out there even more you know to make it more desirable and just even known to be able to go to the game
0: well I guess it's very important that you say that so people because so many people still don't understand how things are different in russia for men and women i am back to school and i just once again i see the way athletics is treated over here in the united states it's pretty amazing and surely i feel like i want to make sure that students athletes in russia know about it And if the age will allow them, they should come here. They should try harder just to experience different life because they sit there and they do not know that things can get better. And especially for the girls, that's practically the only way right now how they can grow their game.
1: I actually have uh, very strong feelings about this, Mm -hmm. as a matter of fact. Mm -hmm. Um, When it comes to Russian, well, I'm specifically about Russian girls who play hockey because I'm in this niche of life, you know, I'm with the Russian girls who play hockey and, you know, there'd be like 14 year old who's got her first contract in the, in the women's league here. And it's like for 5,000 rubles a month. And mm. she's so excited because she's in the professional league and she's getting paid and, you know, she's going to have 5,000 rubles for the month. Mm-hmm. But now automatically she's just, uh, she's just deleted any of her chance to be able to go to the U S and play NCAA hockey, for example, mm-hmm. because if you've been, you know, paid as a professional player, then this, this, uh, um, uh, voids out your chance to be able to go there. So the reason why I have this feeling is because I saw this when I first came here and then the girls will ask me about it and they'll say, you know, I want to go there and study and play hockey. And I'm like, well, do you get paid? Like, or is this part of your, do you have a contract with the team? You have to get paid. Okay. Well you can't mm-hmm. like, but they can go play club hockey technically, but but that's there's no scholarships or anything. So mm-hmm. when it comes to the financial part of it, now it's gonna be now they have to go over there on all their own money plus pay for extremely expensive schooling, which, you know, obviously it's a way different cost in, in in the US than it is in Russia. So it's kind of like impossible almost for most because of just the expenses that go into it. Um so I've been thinking about it for like five years now to have like a little kind of I guess agency would be the way to say it but some sort of like just educational thing for girls to know their options so they don't get stuck you mm-hmm. know and I don't want to say stuck and because that makes it seem like it's negative but there are you know even just to go play in the U.S. and learn the language just from America is like nobody speaks English because they don't need to they're in Russia mm-hmm. and just learn a different culture, learn new things, like just grow as a human, but they don't really have the chance anymore. So I've been like thinking about how can I start something like a program for girls to just at least learn about and then help them get over, get overseas to actually be able to play. Like NCAA D1 hockey, for example, there's definitely talented girls in Russia that would be able to have the potential to do that, but they've already, they've already diminished their chance to be able to do that because they get paid. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've had the conversation many, many times That like you know I you know I totally would have helped you but there's not going to be a way (laughs) because it's against the NCAA rules.
0: Well, I actually been thinking about that too. Like I try to show that in my stories. I'm sure a lot of people hate me for that because I show that just to you know to everyone, to the girls, to the boys, because they need to experience life and they need to understand that things will get better. Because when you play for juniors, you like your first contract, you might be happy for a year or two, but what's next? So you really have to right. consider your perspectives, and over here you're still going to school, so you're gonna get the best education ever. So I guess that was like my my question was long, but I've been thinking about that too. Like, how can I start bringing girls over here? Looking <laughs> yeah. like I was going through our bless you <laughs> photos, Thank you. photos and videos like the, from your first season when you just came to Russia. And the way you are right now, I mean, you are hard as stone. So, like, <laughs> th- at that time, it was probably a good option to come to Russia, you know, to travel, get the new experience, and make money. Now, like, would you suggest your American-Canadian colleagues to go to Russia <laughs> no, to play hockey?
1: <laughs> I wouldn't. No. <laughs> um... Yeah. I don't know if I did it all over again. Well, I don't want to say if I did it all over again, I wouldn't change anything. It's just like, if I thought back to when I first came here mm-hmm. and what I've done, like what I've gone through, like, like you said, like, like, I don't know how, I don't know. Like, cause it's not like I came to Russia and played on the, the Chinese team, which is like many, many imports and they speak English, you know, and the coach is American or Canadian, you know, it's like that. But I like came right dead into like, the middle of Russian culture Mm -hmm. with nobody speaking English around me, not knowing a thing about Russia. like, I, I don't know. I don't know how I did that. And I don't think that anybody, I don't want to say, I don't think that anybody could do that. Anybody could do that if they wanted to, but it's just like, you really do have to have like a perspective of like, I have no idea what's going on on around me at all every single day, but (laughs) I'm just going to do it and let's see what happens, you know? And, it's been, you know, it's been a great experience for me. I wouldn't change it at all. I'm really, really happy about my life the last five years. But I, yeah, I not, I wouldn't, I'm not going to stay in Russia for the rest of my life. The, I think I'd be here one more season maximum. Next season, mm-hmm. and then go back to, to the PHF probably. Um, oh. Yeah. And I just wanted to say one other thing about. I wanted to say one other thing about what we were talking about just now with the girls not having opportunities to go study in the U.S. Mm-hmm or just not knowing about the opportunities is this is another thing with like the Russian education system. Mm -hmm. They've got athletes who, you know, they play their sports, so they don't even have to go to school. Basically their teachers Mm -hmm. just like sign off on their report cards and nobody's learning anything. So it's like, you've got nine teams of girls in the Russian league right now that I I don't want to say everybody, but a large majority of them have not had any like post-secondary education at all and, they, and it's like what are they going to do after they're done playing hockey like what what kind of specialization are they going to be able to be in like they don't really know anything about like what's next like after hockey not just
0: in life just, yeah um, what's,
1: yes in life so it's kind of like kind of scary so I could see like like what are they going to do like I'm not saying anything bad if you go work at the grocery store but the the, the skills required it you know It's like simple. You can, you know, you're going to say like, I played professional hockey for 10 years and now I work at the local grocery store because I don't have Mm -hmm. any other skills or education to do something else. So it's kind of, yeah.
0: That's totally true. And you still have to remember that here in the U S people earn different wages for working in the grocery store. It's good. Like I'm comparing Mm -hmm. that to Russia because in Russia it's poverty. So you only go work to the oh, grocery totally. store, yell yeah, if you don't have any other options and you're not going to make much, you're just going to try to survive. This is horrible, but you are so right, like 100% about the education and chances. Totally true. Uh, yeah. I was trying to make this one positive and I think it is. was <laughs> <laughs> hey,
1: a positive one.
0: No, it is a positive one. I mean, it's a learning experience. Okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm just still, like, amazed that, I mean, you're still there. It's it's just, I don't know. It's amazing. You need to get a medal. You need to get a medal for that.
1: <laughs> for the longest time living in Russia if you were not Russian.
0: Yes, no and especially nowadays when it's even harder. <laughs> it's even harder yeah. when you're Russian-American. You cannot live in Russia, <laughs> and you're <he's> still there.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: That's pretty amazing. Okay, I wish you luck. Just, you know, stay strong, powerful. Mental health is important. But I know in Russia, no one cares about that. And they say you're a psycho if you even talk about it. (laughs)
1: Yeah. (laughs) Well, thank you. Yeah, it's been nice to talk to you. I'm glad that we can catch up again. Maybe I'll run into you in the United States soon.
0: I hope so. And let's do that again after your finals okay <laughs> okay yeah. Yeah. yay okay, All thank right. you, haley <laughs>